Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, the 21st of July, 2020. So what? It's a fair question for many things in life. And oftentimes, it's actually a helpful question as we seek to process information. Asking so what can really help us make the progression from growing in knowledge to growing in wisdom so that we know what to do with the knowledge that we have. And basically, we're going to be witnessing the answer to the so what question as we look today at Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 1 through 16. Most commentators will point out that the book of Ephesians pretty much divides right down the middle, you know, and they'll use phrases like, well, the the first uh, three chapters are about doctrine and the last three chapters are about duty. And I'm sure there's several other ways, you know, with alliteration that people have tried to explain that. But basically the, the first three chapters, in this case, the first half of the book is more focused on doctrine, on things that we should believe, things that we should know. And then the second half is more focused on what we should do with that knowledge, the application of it, and and so on and so forth. And so what we're witnessing today is that pivot from talking about the truth of the gospel and what we have in Christ and moving on to what do we do with that? And that's where I want you to actually stop and think today about that. Let's say you have a new believer that you are discipling. And so you spend three meetings or three chapters like we see here in Ephesians to explain to them how great the gospel actually is. Okay, now that you believe this, let me go more in depth on how bad it was when you were a non-believer and how good you have it now in Christ and how incredible God is and even what he's working on and bringing people together for the gospel. Let me just tell you how amazing the gospel is. But now we get to, let's just say that person you're discipling looks at you and says, okay, awesome. So what? How would you answer the question? And even where would you start? What would be the first thing out of your mouth? As you said, when based on how amazing the gospel is, this is what you got to know. This is what you got to do. And that's what I want us to just observe. Where does Paul start as he switches to talk about the so what? So let's look just at the first couple verses here today in Ephesians chapter four, where it says, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. And so that's kind of uh, summing it up, right? Basic. So what? Walk worthy, you know, walk in a way that matches up to how amazing the gospel is. But again, that's pretty general. That's not very specific. So what are the first specifics that Paul's going to get to? That's really what I want us to focus in on. Verse two, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So if we understand the gospel 
and how great it really is, the first thing that we should respond with is an attitude of humility. No one should walk away from the gospel feeling really big and bad about themselves. We should walk away remembering, wow, I have nothing. I deserve nothing. But in Christ, I have everything. Wow, that is amazing. And that should be humbling. And that humbling shouldn't just affect our attitude. It goes straight into then how we deal with other people. Gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love and an eagerness to maintain unity in the 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 spirit and the bond of peace. That that we want to keep the Bible, the the church, sorry, that we want to keep the church unified. And so this is just an important thing for us to to realize that if we aren't seeing a growth in humility and love and gentleness towards other people, we have to ask the question, are we even growing in our knowledge? Because that should be the first application of our knowledge of the gospel. And again, right now, I would would just encourage you to, to examine your own attitudes towards others. Is there a humility? Is there a gentleness? especially right now in the craziest year of pretty much all of our lives, where one thing you're witnessing is you're seeing people disagree with each other. And you probably, you, you probably don't agree about everything that's going on with people in your own church. Well, what is your attitude? Looking down on others who don't share the same opinions as you, especially when we're not talking about things that we're you know, pointing out in, in Scripture? Or is it humility, patience, bearing with one another, and an eagerness? Man, I, I wouldn't want anything going on with, with, with COVID or with, with other things going on in our country. I wouldn't want any of that to drive a, a wedge between me and a brother in Christ. I, I would never want to see that happen. I wouldn't want to see that happen in my church. And, and I'm going to be humble and gentle and patient towards others. And and this is something that won't just apply now. It'll always apply in your Christian life. How many times do we see people really growing in knowledge? And we see another thing Paul says, we see knowledge puffing people up in a way where they, all they want to do is debate. And all they want to do is argue about finer points of, of theology. And certainly there is a place to discuss some of these things. And some of them are, are important, but is our attitude one of, man, I want to fight. Or is our attitude, man, I want to give grace to the people around me. Because that's what we're going to see later. Even we all have gifts. And what is the purpose of these gifts? It's to build up the body of Christ. And one thing that you want to see, I want you to point out in verse 12, is that, well, verse 11 talks about all these different types of church leaders. And then verse 12 says, why are they all there? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Christ. That that the ministry in the church is not just something to be done by the pastors or the deacons or, or anybody else. The whole body is meant to be working. And then in verse 15, we see rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So another great question for you to ask yourself and even to resolve to do today is who am I going to build up in love today? And if we just let time go on while we're not doing that, we're wasting time that we have to be serving 
Christ and building up his body. That is the first so what? If we understand the gospel, then we are going to care about our brothers and sisters in a Christ in a way that we view them with humility and kindness, and we are actively seeking to build them up in love. So think about the opportunities you have today and, and do that. Now let's move into the Old Testament. Let's look at the second half of Psalm 86. We're going to look at Psalm 86 verses 8 through 17 today. And we saw yesterday that, you know, he is, he's coming humbly and dependent to God. But let's start in verse 8 today where he says, There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. So again, he's going off here, not for three chapters, but for three verses on how great God is, that there is no one like him. So what? Well, then we get to verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart. I will glorify your name forever. And I love those two phrases. He says, he asks God, unite my heart. And the next, he, he says a commitment. I will give thanks with my whole heart. That that's the idea of a Christian life is that our whole heart should be given to God, that there should be no division within our heart where we are torn between God or someone or something else. And why is that? Well, that gets us back to where the it started today, saying there is no one like God. There is none like him. Therefore, he is worthy of our whole hearts. And I hope that's a thought that encourages you today. That even just as we think about the Christian life and being devoted to God, yes, that's something that is hard, but is not something that should be motivated by, you know, just our, our own discipline or muscle, but it's something that's motivated by how great God is. And that would be a good prayer for you to make today. God, unite my heart to fear your name. God, don't let me be torn between you and anything, whether that's some temptation or whether it's the fear of man or the love of money or success or anything. God, let the one thing that I want in life more than anything else be to know you, to fear you, to love you because you are that good. That's the prayer of Psalm 86. And that'd be a good prayer for us today. And speaking of prayer, we see an example of prayer in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and 6 today. And this was a monumental occasion where the ark was brought into the temple, right? The temple has been built, but now they're going to start using it to worship. And what an exciting thing this was. And there might be some things you read about this and, and they just seem very distant to you because we don't go to the temple on Sundays. We don't offer sacrifices. Uh, We're in a new covenant now. And so as we think about that, there are two things though that I want to point out to you that, that carry over all the way to today. And we see that the ark is is brought in and there is this great celebration and there is this worship service and that, you know, it talks about even all the instruments that are being played. And in 2 Chronicles 5, verse 13, it says the song that they were singing, it says, for he is good for his steadfast love endures 
forever. And that is something that has not changed now in the almost 3,000 years it has been since this celebration. Guess what? God is still good and his love still endures forever. And while, you know, saying that on this podcast, there might not be a cloud of glory that is descending upon you right now, but it is still true that he is still good and his steadfast love endures forever. The other thing that, it, that we, we carry over today is, is we see Solomon give a prayer that really highlights the power of prayer. He is asking God to listen to his people when they pray towards this place. Now, again, there's no instruction in the New Testament that we see to say, hey, pray towards Jerusalem, pray towards the temple. But there is instruction to pray, and we still see that prayer is a powerful thing. So as you look at this ancient uh, service of worship, may it motivate you to pray to a God who is still good and his love still endures forever. Finally, today, we look at Luke chapter 7, verses 18 through 23. And as we look at that, we see a hero in the Bible, John the Baptist, and he is, seems like he is, is struggling. Because he sends disciples to Jesus to ask him in verse 29, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And these guys, and they come and they ask Jesus that question. And that might not be a question you think John the Baptist would ask, but he's in jail. It doesn't seem like things are going well. And and he wants to know what's going on here. And so in the response to this question, Jesus, he heals many He casts out spirits, he opens the eyes of the blind, and he answered them, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Really, that's probably a compilation of different phrases from throughout the the prophet Isaiah, especially from Isaiah 61. And he goes and tells John the Baptist, look at what I'm doing. I am doing the things that the Bible says the Messiah would do. And then he's going to comment, we'll see tomorrow, to the crowds on John the Baptist. But what he wants to say to John the Baptist is, no, look at what the scripture says. Look at what I am doing. They match up. And that's where we have the benefit of hindsight, you know, that John the Baptist didn't have. We have the whole of the word of God, Old and New Testaments. And we see Jesus clearly is the Messiah. So what? Well, that's where we brings us back to the beginning. And I want you to leave this today resolved to do something, to build somebody else up in your church family in love today, that we would live with humility and gentleness and kindness And that in response to a God that there is no one like him, we would cry out to him, God, unite my heart to fear your name. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.